this Newcastle United pre-season preview edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Welcome everybody to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. We are cracking on with our 20-team preview for the Premier League season, which kicks off next Friday night, the 11th possibly of August. Uh, joining me uh, is Mr Barry Penaluna. Hello, Baz. How are you? I'm not bad, Malcolm. Looking forward to this one. This is our bread and butter, Newcastle United. We could talk about this. This this one could be two hours easily, couldn't it? It could be. We, we promise it would be. If you've never listened to this yeah, rubbish before, it would be two hours. Uh, we will go away at some point. Um, but it is exciting, Baz, because normally I have to really remind myself not to talk about Newcastle uh, all the time. Um, but tonight we can. Um, and... Uh, we've actually got an actual real live prop, I guess, this time, Baz. Not like some bloke you met in a bus shelter or someone I went to college with in 1992. We've actually got an actual guest. So uh, the plan for tonight is, what we're going to do is, um, Pete Graves from Sky TV, a Newcastle celebrity fan. We recorded um, a little chat with him. So it's really worth a listen as well. Um, if you're not excited enough for the new season, Pete had me running through a brick wall like... Um, so give Peter a listen. Um, and then Ming and Basel go through some of the odds for, for Newcastle to do stuff uh, over the coming season. We're going to make some picks. We've got plenty of stuff um, to choose from as well. Um, I'll tell you first uh, about our Patreon. Uh, a few places you can find us in the, the SGP uh, Patreon. is one of the exclusive contests. If you like the NFL, uh, the win totals contest is in there with a $1,000 first place prize the monthly SGP Stories podcast, the Discord channel, all the free picks are on there, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Um, you've obviously found this show um, by Hook or by Crook. So any Newcastle fans listening um, for the first time, this isn't a Newcastle podcast, uh, but um, it is hosted by two Newcastle supporters. So it's a it's quite a high percentage of Newcastle chat, but we do do weekly shows um, two, sometimes three times a week where we look at the Premier League fixtures over the weekend. We'll give out some things that we like, some things that we don't like. We'll make some picks. We'll cover the Champions League, which will have an added edge this year for Newcastle. Um, and then we cover, we've got the EFL show going out on Thursday. The Women's World Cup is live as well. And um, we've got a fantasy league, um, which we cover with Pete. Pete gives out some of his uh, fantasy takes as well. Um, a show within a show here, Baz, Added layer is we pre-recorded Pete on a pre-recorded show, so we're going to get two different levels of how bad your cold is, just to keep people guessing. When people said it couldn't be done, Baz, so do you want to tell us where along the line of your cold are you now? I'm fresh as a daisy now. I was oh, yeah? Pretty, oh, I was pretty rough when we spoke to Pete last week, um, but I have I have recovered, so you know people will be obviously happy with that because I almost died, didn't I? You were very uh, lucky to lucky to be alive. You almost lost Baz last week. He had the band flu. Um, so if he sounds a bit rough here talking to Pete, um, that's why. However, 
don't listen to me and Baz. Listen to what Pete Graves has got to tell you because uh, it's absolutely outstanding. So uh, we'll hand across to uh, Malcolm and Barry and Mr. Pete Graves. Uh, now, Baz, we have got an incredibly special guest joining us to talk a little bit of Newcastle. Um, incredibly fortunate to have him. Uh, you might know him from uh, Sky Sports TV, uh, being a big Newcastle United fan and all-round dreamboat. Uh, joining us is Mr. Pete Graves. Hello, Pete. How are you? Oh, Mal, I'm, I'm great. Thank you so much for calling me a dreamboat because I've always thought that about you. But uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. No one's ever thought that about Baz, Pete. So that's sort of two out of three. Just meet Lord would say, it? Even Laura doesn't consider Malcolm a dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should have seen me in 1988, Baz. I was in great condition. Uh, um, that was great to see you. I don't know how you put up with Mal all the time doing this regularly together, but uh, fair play to you, mate. Someone's got to do it, and obviously you've got the short straw. To be fair, we've done about seven in the last three days, and I'm sick of the sight of him now. <laughs> Good to have we've you got on. Two, yeah. We've got two more to record after this, Baz, so I'm not going anywhere out your life for another two hours. Um, about half an hour ago, Pete, you messaged me and said you're going to be a little bit late because you were talking to Les Ferdinand. So uh, yeah. did Les did Les ask after me and Buzz? Did he have anything yeah, to say? Yeah, Les, the first thing he said, funnily enough, was how's Marlon Buzz doing? So uh, it was great for him. But no, Les is, Les is brilliant. And, and I was just chatting to him about... Uh, it's one, one of the best things about what I do is that you know I get to speak to my heroes all the time and Les was one of my heroes. And we, he was telling me again about when Shearer, Shearer signed for the club and Keegan pulling Les to one corner in the airport and telling him that um, he, he was going to sign Shearer that day and he wanted him to know and he wanted Les to know that he wasn't going to sell him and that he was he wanted to play the two of them together and regardless of what anyone said, he believed Shearer and Ferdinand were going to be a great front pairing and uh, then the whole number nine shirt came up and that, that conversation. Uh, and uh, I always... I always remember that because I bought about two weeks before Shearer signed. I bought my Newcastle shirt with Ferdinand number nine, and I've still oh, got no. Ferdinand number nine shirt in the cupboard somewhere. Um, well, it was the old Grandad collar shirt. Uh, I still remember the brown ale sign on the front. So I've still got it there with Ferdinand nine, despite the fact he was the number ten the whole time. Brilliant. Well, uh, you could have been worse. You could have been the guy that got Andy Cole tattooed on his arm just before they settled in Man United. But uh, it was brilliant. He, he said that Ke- Kevin said, "Well, I had the number seven at Liverpool. It's an iconic shirt. It didn't ever mean anything to me." And Les went, "Well, how come you've got a number seven on a chain round your neck?" <laughs> <laughs> got my uh, Keegan number seven shirt here, Pete. That came from oh. our little uh, our little trip out there. Stanley went, my dad was so excited to meet Keegan all day. Well, then being my dad, he took a little, he'd sneaked his own bottle of vodka into the thing. And by the time we met Keegan at 11pm, my dad couldn't string two words together like so. He's got the photo, but he can't remember meeting him. So yeah. uh, that was another low point. Um, so, Pete, obviously, you've got a great job. You've just said you're dead looking to do what you do. You've worked hard, but you get to meet your rivals and stuff. But how much more fun is it now that your club our club, your city, our city, your family, your kids, your friends are all getting to go on this mad adventure because as much as you've had a great job, this must just add, is this like the, just the cherry on the cake kind of thing? I think it's harder now than it used to be, Mal. I think life, my life was a lot easier when Newcastle were terrible. I think uh, I could go anywhere and I used to do events over, you know, Manchester United supporters and Arsenal supporters supporters and go around and go around working for Sky and you tell people you're a Newcastle fan and they sort of pat you on the back and go oh, bless you mate you know come here give us a cuddle and uh, and now it, 
you, you we're all of a sudden we're rival to some of the big clubs. So you say you're a Newcastle fan and the whole room starts booing, you know, so it's probably harder and, and, and the same, same coming into work and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're a serious contender and a lot of the, the guys I work with who support sort of so-called big six teams, all of a sudden I'm chirping into the office and, uh, and, and I'm probably doing everyone's head in, to be honest, because, uh, because I'm a huge Newcastle fan and I'm always banging the drum for Newcastle here and, um, yeah, so it's probably made my life a little bit harder. But from a fan's point of view, it's fantastic to go to the games and to take my family and to watch Newcastle play the football that they play. And just, I'm enjoying every second of it. And I just don't want it to stop. Yeah, it just came out of absolutely nowhere as well, going back two or three years when well, we both had various season tickets and given them up for for different reasons. And I craftily kept one in uh, Bob's name, which I managed to make back into, into an album. But then the... Like the WhatsApp groups were quiet. You didn't see your mates. It was games I just didn't want to go to. And now uh, you wake up on a match day at nine o'clock and you've got 10 messages in the WhatsApp group. What time are we going out? Uh, where, where are we meeting? What pub are we going in? Um, and it's just a different thing. I mean, I've met plenty of other team support. I was in London a few weeks ago. And a lot of people just genuinely say, oh, we're pleased for you. Um, now, I don't know if they mean it. I was meeting Tottenham, Chelsea fans and stuff like that. load of Arsenal fans. And they actually say, like the older ones seem to be pleased for you. And it's the younger ones, so the, the, the Twitter generation who aren't pleased for anyone ever doing anything. Um, I hate but- the Twitter generation, don't you? On the Twitter generation, the worst <laughs> people in the world. I mean, I just think, I'm hoping that now they've changed the name to X, that it might, the whole environment might change. But if you, what I've learned in life, if you listen to what people say on Twitter, then you'll be miserable your entire life because no one ever tweets anything unless it's bad news so you, you could say that Newcastle was signing Kylian Mbappe tomorrow and I guarantee you there'd be lots of fans for, would be annoyed about that because they would say oh well he's too much money it's always where people go to sort of unleash their negative feelings I think so yeah they're the worst people in the world the Twitter generation I always say you know you don't go to Twitter for a fair representation of, of any fan base because um, right. it is a horrible success pit at times isn't it yeah I have a funny reason too because I do, I hate it the same and all the Newcastle fans whinging that we haven't signed every player that's ever available. But then when Newcastle win, I love going on Twitter to watch all the little videos and to watch all the Newcastle fans needling the Aston Villa fans or the Everton fans. So it's a proper double-edged sword. I can't sit there and love all of that and then at the same time hate it because I don't agree with... But I just I keep telling myself, that's not the conversation I have with Baz. The, like the mad conversations about why we haven't signed a Bappy, why... Is Eddie Howe the right man for the job? Sell Almiron immediately. That's not the conversation I have with my dad. It's not the conversation I have with the footy lads. It's a, The Twitter conversation is a different thing completely, Like, and we have to keep going with that. Yeah, so last season was mint, Pete. They had a really quite a slow start, one minute in the first seven. And then all of a sudden, the court fire. We were very, very hard to beat. Um, it was the 18th of February, that second game that we lost against Liverpool. Had a little bit of a wobble over the winter where it was a lot of nil-nil draws and I think that's when that weird thing stuck of Newcastle were mangling football which is quite simply not true because we scored a load of goals we showed we were capable of scoring four, five, six goals home and away we scored loads of goals as well didn't concede many Um, and they were just absolutely outstanding Liverpool gave us a bit of a scare at the back end of the season but last year was just unbelievable Pete so where do you think that all came together and I mean, is a building block for next year? I mean, looking ahead, what do you expect to see uh, this time around? 
I expect a really successful season again. You see, I think one win in the first seven games, but I think you've got to consider that within those seven games, we drew away at Brighton, then we drew home to Manchester City. I think, I mean, they were, they were, with each, in each game, you never were coming away from a single game thinking, oh, we've been done over there or been battered. It seemed like from the very start of the season, Eddie Howe's plan came together. We'll have a very good season next season. There's absolutely no doubt. And there's one reason and one reason only why Newcastle will have a very successful season. And that is Eddie Howe. What he has done, and I, 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 I say this with no hesitation, Eddie Howe is the best manager that Newcastle United have ever had. Ever. Okay. Bold. Bold feet. I am very close with Kevin Keegan now, as you know, Mal, he's a great friend of mine. I think he would say the same thing about Eddie. I was had very close relationship with Sir Bobby Robson. It, reg, I still host the Sir Bobby Robson Golf Weekend, and I'm very close with his sons, Andrew and Mark. I know for a fact, knowing those two guys the way I did, that they would be looking at Eddie Howe and they would be applauding the job he's done. The level of detail that Eddie Howe goes into is off the scale. I never met a man who knew more about football than Bobby Robson. I have now. His name's Eddie Howe. I never knew a man who was a better man manager than Kevin Keegan and can make you feel a million dollars. I know someone who comes close and that's Eddie Howe. He's got the best of those, the two best managers in my lifetime, Bobby Robson and Kevin Keegan. Eddie Howe is almost like a hybrid of the two of them, in my opinion. The, the, the personal plans that he puts in place for the players is ridiculous. He took Fabian Scher to one side when he first got the Newcastle job. Fabian Scher had been on the bench under Steve Bruce. He took him to one side and he said, I've always wanted to manage you. I've been watching you for years. I've tried to sign you when you when you were at Hoffenheim. I know you're not great at coming forward and winning the ball, so don't worry. I'm going to partner you with someone who's going to win all the headers and you can drop off. And he, and he gave them this. And then the next thing was he signed Dan Byrne and, and Sven Botman to play alongside him. He signed Giants. He understands each player. He's put a personal game plan together for uh, for Jacob Murphy. He's flying. Miguel Almiron, he's flying. Joe Linton, who was one of the worst players I've ever seen in a black and white shirt, has literally gone from League Two standard, in my opinion, to scoring for Brazil on his debut. The best nation in world football. He's now an international footballer. You never would have believed that. That's all down to Eddie Howe. They're all getting better. Isaac's getting better. Gordon's going to be frightening this season after a full preseason. Harvey Barnes and Tonali have just arrived. Give them a couple of months. Wait until the penny drops for Eddie Howe will have already told them exactly what he wants from them. When they do that, they will be absolutely mint. So make no mistake, there's no top six anymore. It's a top eight. Newcastle, and I think you've got to chuck Aston Villa in there. That is a top yeah. eight. That group of teams for me are in a different level to the other teams in the league, the other 12 sides. There's a top eight now. The top six is gone. Newcastle are very much in it and they will finish inside that top eight. And I really believe that they can have another tilt at top four. The only thing that's going to scupper them is they're going to be more fixtures. They're going to have to play in the Champions League plus Eddie Howe is desperate to win a trophy. That would mean more. If you could offer Eddie Howe a trophy next season and finish eighth, he would take it. In fact, if you could offer Eddie Howe a trophy next season and finish 17th, he would take it. And that might hamstring Newcastle because he will prioritise the Carabao Cup again. He will prioritise the FA Cup. He will try and win a trophy 
beyond anything else next season. So that might make our league position suffer. But I really hope that Eddie Howe's the manager for the next 20 years plus. And I honestly think we'll have another sensational season. Well, Pete, I've got a bit of a twitch listening to that. I've never been so excited. Twelve series been hanging around with Kevin Geek, and he's just got that, come on, yeah, vibe that, about it. You almost had the hairs on my back. I mean, next time, look. <laughs> cool. um, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's interesting you mentioned a big eight. I agree. I think Villa are definitely going to be in the mix this year. And the reason for that is very similar to us. It's the manager, isn't it? Emery coming in is making a massive difference there, and they've, they've recruited well as well. I, I agree mm-hmm. it'll be a, a big challenge. The concern for me is, I think, we we arrived in the top four two or three years earlier than anybody anticipated. When the takeover happened, I don't think anybody was going into last season thinking top four. And now we've got there, the expectation is massive, isn't it? Hmm. Um, whereas well, I, would take, finished... I would take people back to, sorry to interrupt, but I would take right. people back to the Sir Bobby Robson era. And I just think we've got to, as a fan base, learn from that era because Newcastle finished in the Champions League places two seasons in a row. And it just became, everyone suddenly expected that was going to happen every season. And then the following season, when they finished fifth, it was like... The, the disappointment was huge and Bobby Robson lost his job on the back of that. Newcastle fans, I really hope as a collective, we can see, and I, I truly believe this will happen. I've got no concerns, but if, if they were to finish seventh, eighth, ninth like next season, that the, 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 there isn't a meltdown. Yeah. It's, this is a long-term project for Newcastle. They can't go out and buy the play. Fans saying, oh, why aren't they buying him? Why aren't they buying him? Oh, why didn't we go for him? They literally cannot do that. They can't go out and buy 20 new players. It's not a complete rebuild. They're going to keep adding little play, one or two players here and there. Every single window, every single window, they'll add one or two great players. And over the next five, 10 years, they're building a team that's going to be good enough to challenge anyone. They're buying the best young players in the world. I mean, look at the players they're targeting at the moment. The likes of Livermento's 20, Tonali's 22, uh, Harvey Barnes is, I think he's 23. They're targeting young players. They're not going for established internationals who are 20, 27, 28. They're going for young players and they're also buying unbelievable, the next level, 20, the 15, 15, 16, 17 year old, buying unbelievable players from around the world in that age group. This is a long-term project and the fans have got to get on board, enjoy every second. Don't get too down in the dumps if there's an occasional defeat or an occasional nil-nil or whatever and just believe that long-term, the success is coming. I've got no doubt about it. I'm, I'm intrigued to, to find, having, having watched a couple of uh, pre-season games, how do you think we're going to line up at the start? Because I'm suddenly looking at our midfield and our forwards and we've got Options, haven't we? For the first time in years, you, you know, last year it was Julian and Bruno Willock, uh, but now you've added, to, sorry, obviously long staff as well. You know, we're now adding Tonali into there, and Lewis Miley's broke on into the scene the last couple of nights and looked like he's going to be potentially involved a bit more. Loads of options there, and then also going forward, uh, Wilson, Isak, but now we've got Barnes, Gordon, Almiron. It, there's options. The white men, there's dozens of white men. You could pay. Five different people on either wing, like because uh, you could put then Joe Linton out there or Willick on the right and fit extra middle ones. So he did, yeah, he played three at the back the other night for for a half um, against Villa. So yeah, that's a good question, Baz. Um, are they going to stick the same? Because I was, I mean, I just want them to stay the same. They were so exciting. It was they were pressing. They was creating loads of chances, scoring loads of goals. Um, but yeah, do you think they're going to go on the same? 
I think they'll play the same lineup, the same formation in the Premier League. I wondered whether the three at the back was. Yeah, I thought cross my mind. There's one of two things. It possibly an experiment for Champions League football where you see a lot of teams in Europe play a 3-5-2. Gordon, I think, is excellent in a two. He did that for the under-21s at the European Championships, which, of course, they won. And he, and he's been our best player pre-season for me. He's been really exciting to see how yeah. well he's done. He's been playing sort of central. And I, I think he's good there. Of course, he, he played from the left against Chelsea last night and put the ball in for Miggy Almiron. But I think Gordon's going to have a great season. Um, but I think they I think they will stick to the same formation because it's tried and tested from Eddie Howe and it, and it works. But I just think he wants... he Eddie Howe's very aware of the fact that he wants an alternative formation in his back pocket for if and when he needs it, a plan B. Because how many times do we talk about second season syndrome when a team does really well one season and the next season they get found out? Eddie will be very well aware of that because he's such a student of the game so he'll be thinking I don't want teams to think that they know what we're going to do we're going to have to have something else that we can employ if we need to do it and maybe the 3-5-2 is, is, is the option and we've got so many players that can play in that three I mean you know Dan Byrne can co- Dan Byrne's been playing left back but he'll, he, he'll slot in on the left hand side of a three obviously we've got players all the fans worry about Jamal LaSalle's I guarantee you, if he'd have been playing regularly last season, we could have been talking about him in the same way that we're talking about Jacob Murphy. Every time he was called upon, I thought he did really, really well. And I think that fans have to also, any preconceived ideas you had about players pre-Eddie Howe, just forget them. Just forget them. Because if we judged all the players by what they were like before Eddie Howe came, I'd want rid of half of them. You know, so... You, you just look at what's happened with Almiron, Murphy, Joe Linton, Fabian Cher, and put the other players, put your Matt Ritchie, put your Paul Dummett, put your Jamal Lascelles, put them all in the same category. It was great to see players like Dummett, Ritchie, and Mark Gillespie get new contracts. I just thought Eddie, Eddie, Eddie's seen them week in, week out. As supporters, we're not. He's obviously seen enough to go, these are good players, I like these. And throughout his entire career, when he's been at Bournemouth, he's made players better and he's always been loyal to players as well. So fans who wanted us to sign 20 new players in this window, never going to happen. He wasn't going to have a group of players that got Newcastle into the Champions League, finished fourth, got to a cup final and then say, cheers for that last season, guys, but you're all gone. I'm bringing in nine, ten new players. Never going to happen. He's going to give those boys an opportunity to replicate what they did last season and have a go in the Champions League because those lads deserve to go and play in the new camp or the Bernabeu or the Allianz Arena. So that's why Eddie Howe's being loyal to that team and I totally respect that and that's why the group is so strong and uh, everything he does I just think is absolutely brilliant. Even the year before last is an example of that when we signed Bruno. Um, He didn't get in the team straight away because for a little period over that January, February, John Joe and Willick were playing really well. And I just thought, what a sort of example would it have set if, so, all right, cheers, John Joe, thanks for all that. I know you scored the winner at Leeds, but we've got this shiny new kid here. And it didn't, and Bruno had to work his way in and just, uh, uh, we mentioned Tears on this show a lot. He was complaining that he said Eddie Howe should have been sacked for giving Matt Ritchie some uh, pity minutes at Norwich, I think it was, at the back end of the season. He said, it's a waste of time. Why is he wasting everyone's time? But you've got to understand. If the dressing room has the respect of Matt Ritchie, Matt Ritchie's one of the leaders, and he's keeping Matt Ritchie on side by giving them the minutes. Matt Ritchie's then prepared to carry on doing what he's doing, carry on getting them all together. And no, nothing is happening by accident at the, in that dressing room at that club. Um, right, Champions League, Pete. Um, 
What do you hope happens this season? We don't have to be technical. I mean, what would your dream see? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to see we play? You know, what, what's going to be a fun Champions League experience for you this year? I'd love to see Newcastle get an absolute huge European giant, obviously in the group first and foremost, and then two very beatable teams from pots two and pot three um, would be the dream. I'd like to see them progress out of the group stages, and that would that would be a dream for me. I just just see them progress out of the groups would be fantastic. I've got a funny feeling we're going to do all right in the Champions League. I've just got this weird feeling that Eddie would have spent a lot of time now. He'll he'll be obsessed with trying to get Newcastle deep into the competition and he'll be watching a lot of European football right now as we speak. He won't be resting and he'll be studying that competition. He's never been in that competition as a manager before. He will be thriving. It. We're talking about it as fans. We're talking about it as players. He's a complete geek of football. He loves the game. He is going to be thinking, oh my God, I'm here as a manager. And he's not going to be wanting to stand toe-to-toe with you, Carlo Ancelotti's and uh, whoever else from world football. He's going to want to stand toe-to-toe with them and give them a good game. So I've got a funny feeling we might surprise a few people. Yeah, There's always a team that sort of a dark horse in the competition. So I think Newcastle could do well in the Champions League. I think they could easily progress from the group. And then, I mean, I think that the draw for the group stages is, I believe it's the day after deadline day. So it's um, it's the, the either the last day in August or the first day in September. That's when that draw happens. Um, I guarantee I'm taking the day off work i'll come and meet you guys for beers if you want whatever you want to do but um, i can't wait and see what the group is and that'll determine a lot but i've got a funny feeling we might we get one big big team a couple of beatable teams and progress out of the group that would be sensational if you uh if you made your pitch to the boss that you um you what you need to be in all these away games if i turn on the telly and i say keith downey parading around lisbon or somewhere pete and I know you're sitting somewhere in Leafy NE3. I'll be sorely disappointed. You need to get yourself out and about, like. Well, you know what, mate? I'll be honest. I've I've already said to the family that I, I and Sky are fantastic with me. If I went to them and said, "Look, I really want to cover these games as a, as a reporter," I, I think they would they would they'd probably let me do it. But I I, I want to go as a fan. You know, there are times yeah, of course, yeah. I, I want to be there as a supporter. I don't want to be, I want to, if I see people that I know, I want to be able to have a beer or whatever and just enjoy myself, jump in the fountain, whatever we're doing, right? But I, I don't want them, the, the office to ring me up saying, I need you, I need you to be here. So if I, if I have to work it, I'll work it and I'll be very lucky. I'm very privileged to do what I do, but I also love the idea of going as a fan. And I said to my wife and kids, I said, look, Steph, when the draws made, I'm booking flights to the places, and you and the you and the girls can go and sit in a hotel or go shopping, do whatever you want, or come to the football if you want. That's totally up to you. If we can get a ticket, they're going to be like gold dust. Um, but I want to be in those cities when Newcastle are playing there, and uh, w- with my family, ideally, would be brilliant. So, you know, it's been a long wait, and I just I don't want to let it slip by because you never know how long it could be again. Football, it feels brilliant at Newcastle right now, but football's a strange place. Everything that's going on in the world. You know, you just really hope that this lasts for a long time. But I'm determined to enjoy this Champions League campaign. So wherever they are, I hope I'm going to be there not too far away. 
I could probably afford to get to Glasgow if we play Rangers away, maybe <laughs> on the bus, on the happy bus, the mega bus, whatever it is. Not the happy <laughs> bus. That's that's a totally different trip. Uh, that was, no, that no, was just no, a dog. No, Mal, 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 was, uh, Mal you, you, you're the one who tried to persuade me to go on some um, some um, ship, didn't you? That I see <laughs> on the container ship. On the container <laughs> ship. Was that you? We, no, we, we could just travel. We could travel on a container ship to uh, to wherever the game is, mate. It'd be fine. We'd end up in Nairobi or somewhere. That's a problem. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Peter. I, I see some stuff when I'm drunk. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't put an awful lot of store in there. Um, I've got two more things I need to ask you about, Peter. Baz, is there anything pressing on that you want to ask Peter about? No, no, it's all good. No, I like, I like his uh, thoughts for the season ahead. All right, so I'll tell you what first I'm going to ask you about is um, you play fantasy, a bit of fantasy football, don't you, Pete? I love it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm obsessed. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I have a little reminder pops up on my phone every night now to remind, remind <laughs> me to check my fantasy team because it used to be easy just to do it on a Friday or a Saturday morning, but now the amount yeah. of time I've been done by a Friday night kickoff. So yeah, check all the, the time. The Friday night lock does get you like. Uh, so yeah, we're having, a, um, we're having a listener league this year, um, which I've got the code for that. So any uh, new Newcastle fans... Um, we'll, we'll give out the details where you can find all the rest of our content around this show. But our listener league, uh, the code is CVVQAB, uh, which is uh, Colicini, Viana, Viana, Quinn, Almiron, Bentaleb. Uh, Nabil Bentaleb. You didn't think you'd get a Nabil Bentaleb sighting when you logged on here, did you, Pete? Of all the players you could have picked for the big. <laughs> So, yeah. um, so yes, I, you know, Beardsley Bernard. There was millions. Of that, anyway. um, I'll, I will join. I will join that league. By the way, as well. Yes, so, join that league. CVVQAB, uh, one hundred and fifty quid in cash. There's a lot of merch from the merch store. I've got my little jumper on here. Looks good. Um, and the egg in the cup cup is up for grabs. So, who's your uh, first thing I did was put three Newcastle players in because I'm an idiot. I imagine you probably did the same. So who are, your, who are your Newcastle picks? Or I've actually started thinking about Anthony Gordon because I watched him last night and he made a good run. So I was like, oh, I'll put him in the team. That's how I react to shit like that. So who are your little sneaky Newcastle fantasy picks? You stole my thunder with Gordon. Um, look, I, oh, I, I, sorry, mate. For years, for years and years, I've always put three Newcastle players into my team and my mates. I've always We sit around and show each other the teams and... And everyone's always said, oh, well, you put three Newcastle players in. That's the reason you won't win. And this yeah. year, the three Newcastle player thing worked because all season I had, I think I had Trippier from the start. I had Shaw from the start. And I I, I think I had Almer on first half of the season. It was ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, um, three Newcastle players worked this season. Uh, Gordon, I think, is not a bad shot. I think he's going to play a big role. Newcastle played a lot of money. I, th- I know it doesn't all come down to money, but if you look at transfer fees that have been paid, I think Barnes has got a good chance of being in that 11. Isaac, Gordon, Tanali, Bruno. It's slowly become, with all due respect to the, um, the, the players that were there before, Eddie Howe, I think there's a good chance that the new players that have come in post Eddie Howe are there's a good chance that they might be in the in the starting eleven. So, I think Gordon's a good shout. Um, it, it, particularly if he's if he's going to be used to occasionally up the middle as well as a striker, so he'll score 
goals from midfield. The mid, the defense. Eddie Howe is a centre back. He's defensively sound, so you've got to always going to make get points with your Nick Popes or your Kieran Trippiers, your, your Shaw Botman. They're going to be first names on the on the team sheet. So you know any anyone who plays along the Newcastle backline or in goal will get your points. The only problem is that Newcastle fans are going to face is all of the players are going to be a little bit more expensive this year than they were last year. Yeah, true story. Yeah, I mean, um, last year was in everybody's team by the end because for his attacking returns, um, as well as the clean sheet potential, he's on free kicks, he's on corners and, and gets high up the pitch for all of his assists as well. But he's he's in at six and a half million this year. I think it was five million last year. You uh, as you see, I think it's easy for the defence that it picks itself really. The We know who's going to be in there. The, the challenge comes further up, doesn't it? Do you go for Wilson or Isaac? Uh, do you go for Almiron? Or Barnes or Gordon. It, it, it's one for me that it's the Gordon and Barnes thing is is how we fit both of them in. Um, hmm. I, I'd like to see how we start the season. Who's who's got that left left sided spot to start with? And but they're yeah, both well, right footed, aren't they? Both right footed wingers who play on the left. So presumably yeah. it was not going to be very hard for one of them to go and play on the right, or maybe they can interchange. Eddie will have some wild idea for it all. I'm sure. I mean, for a spell last night, Gordon played straight down the middle and they put Isaac on the left side as well. Uh, so we've definitely got options. I think uh, we had Ewan um, last night, who's an FPL expert um, on the show, and he was telling us that things are different once the Champions League starts. You kind of can set and forget a team early on. Once the European games start, that's when the rotation comes in. So there's a lot more strategy in that um, than, than I gave it credit for. Uh, my final question, Pete, we know uh, time is money. Just give a prediction for the season. Where are Newcastle going to finish? And are they going to win something? That's important. What are we going to win? As I said before, Eddie Howard choose a trophy over league position next season. He's delighted to be in the top four and be in the Champions League, but he's so determined to be the person who brings a trophy back. And that could be a Carabao Cup, FA Cup, whatever. Um, the title is out of reach, as is the Champions League. So if they're gonna if they're gonna win anything, it has to be uh, one of the one of the cup competitions. Um, league wise, I just feel that we. I'd love to say we're going to finish fourth. I'm going to go with fourth. I'm going to go with fourth. fourth. I'm going to put myself... But they, they, we'll have to have an unbelievable season and I'm going to go with fourth again. Where have you got them, Baz? I mean, I've I've got them in fourth as well, but it, it, I could easily have had them down in fifth or sixth. Um, I think Liverpool had improved, but I also think Man United might not be quite as good as as, as they, their, their third place finish last year. So they could drop back a little bit. But I think, as you say, it's going to be a huge, huge challenge for Newcastle to repeat last year's efforts. Um, Let's face it, if they finish in the top six, it'd be, it'd be brilliant. And if, if, if they're in the it. top, yeah. you take it now. I'd, I'd take top eight now, guys, and just enjoy the Champions League. And I really would. Eighth upwards would be fantastic. Um, I mentioned the big eight, which I think it is now. I think you've got a Newcastle are the, the the seventh biggest team. I think now, but I think you've got to include Villa. Villa are owned by a, a very wealthy Egyptian who seems to want to invest in his manager and in his, his squad. So I think you've got to put them up there as well. Yeah, I agree with you, Pete. Um, Pete the Graves, the voice of reason. Who'd have thought it, but uh, much needed because normally we don't. Uh, we have to be very careful about how much Newcastle we talk on the show because it is a Premier League show. We try not to frighten people off. So we've got a little hour tonight where we can properly indulge ourselves and it's been uh, it's been loads of fun. Um, 
Oh, I think I'm done with you, Pete. Baz, any uh, last words for Pete? No, that's good. That's all. I think it's been great having you uh, join us, Pete, and getting your thoughts for the season ahead. And sounds like you're just as excited as we are for it. So bring it on. Brilliant. I am. Ba- Baz, Mal, really appreciate it. It's been great fun. Good luck with the rest of the uh, previews of other clubs. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll all see each other at St. James's Park for a pre or post match bevy when the season gets underway. Yeah. Well, if anyone joins that fantasy league, um, if you finish above Pete Graves, he has said that he'll buy you a pint in the Black Garter uh, at 10 a.m. one morning. It's going to cost me at least three, at least three oh. pints that now. Yeah, uh, just before he does Love Shack on the karaoke, which is standard. Uh, right, cheers, Pete. <laughs> that was tremendous, mate. Um, enjoy the season. Uh, we might speak to you soon. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Cheers, bye. Well, there you go, Baz. Uh, Pete Graves. I mean, how much fun was that? Do you know what I mean? Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he speaks with uh, so much passion, doesn't he, about the club? Um, you know, um, as I say, that you mentioned during it, sort of quite inspiring the way he talked about us at times. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was good to get his thoughts and... Um, yeah, it made me feel a little bit more positive for the season. I'm fairly positive anyway about it, but uh, yeah, it was good. Well, I was quite excited after the first time we listened to him, and then I've just listened back again uh, as we played that, and I'm more excited again. I'm so excited, Baz, for fans of continuity. My hat's gone all wonky. Look at that. That's how excited it's made us. Uh, my hat's gone old Jasper Parnovic. Do you remember him, Baz, from the golf back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> Pete Graves is Jasper Parnovic, my hat. Um, right then, what we're going to do, we're going to have a little run through the... Uh, the bet numbers and some picks. I've just picked another live one, Baz, as we've been listening to Pete. Uh, that's how excited I am. Um, I'll tell you first about um, Underdog Fantasy, uh, which is one of our headline sponsors here. Um, NFL season is right around the corner. A uh, big part of what we do on the network here. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. There's loads of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. If you went to Best Ball Mania 4, first place gets $3 million wallop Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So, around the markets, Baz, to win the Premier League, Newcastle finished fourth last year, 71 points. This year, they are 18-1 to to win the league. A top four finish is 11-8, to plus 137. Uh, to miss out on the top four, you can get 8-15, to minus 188. Top six finish, four to nine, minus 227. And to miss the top six, that can't be right, 13 to eight. Yeah, plus 162. Yeah, that's right. It is right. Um, top half finish is one to 25. And then if you fancy fades in Newcastle, nine to one to finish in the bottom half, 500 to one for relegation. And on the handicap, they're getting an 18 points start. I mean, we looked at pattern and trends, Baz. Um, Newcastle kept a lot of clean sheets. I think the all the clean sheets that came around Christmas time, um, the sorry, the nil-nil draws, all the low scoring games were sort of condensed into that club. So there is a lot in there, but I wouldn't say it was a pattern or a ten because as we just talked about with Pete, we were very capable of putting up four, five, six goals. We did it a number of times. Um, and at home or away. The one big trend as we picked up on, and we absolutely milked the daylights out of this all season long. You more than everyone else, but the Discord channel, all the listeners, man, it was like uh, it was, the Scrooge McDuck dives into that big thing of money at the start. Uh, it was like that, like um, Baz. What was the what was the big trend that you hit everyone on? It was the corners on the Newcastle team corners. Um, 
certainly in the second half of the season, once we noticed the trend. I mean, to, to give you an idea, ordinarily the, the average corners in a Premier League game would be around 10 to 11 corners. Um, and at least half a dozen times, Newcastle hit 10 11s of their own. I think we had the odd occasion where they got 15 or 16. Uh, so, yeah, we regularly climbed the ladder on the Newcastle corners. Definitely one that we'll have an eye on right from the start. It's a shame you can't get some sort of spread bet across the season. Total Newcastle corners for the yes. season would be a great way to play it. Uh, it's probably a little bit of a long shot that we can find something like that. But, uh, yeah. Hey, you want to get the old uh, hashtag request a bit on uh, Sky Bet yeah, that? Possibly, Over 500 corners. Yeah, we'd possibly be able to get a get a request in for a certain number. You'd have to have a think about what's a sensible number. I might have a look at that. I've just thought about it. Five hundred's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? Well, that's eighty-eight 12, games. Twelve. There you go. Week. That's what we're on about. But they've done hit twelve every week. <laughs> the average last year would have been about seven and a half, Malcolm. You've got no sense of adventure, you Baz. That's your problem. A bit too ambitious for five hundred. That's why you won't be on the container ships. <laughs> Um, so what? Right, so right, you don't like that one. We're not taking over five hundred corners. Uh, what bets have you uh, got? Um, well, Newcastle top four. I said I've I've got them just in the top four. Thirteen eight. I I just don't know. I, I still I think it's going to be really really tight. Fourth, fifth, sixth could go either way. So I'm not sure. I would. You know, I've got us in fourth. Thirteen eight is a good price. A team to beat. Um, uh, a team that, that I think we'll finish above um, at a half reasonable price is Chelsea. It's four to five, so minus one twenty-five. Um, but Chelsea are favourites to finish above Newcastle, and I'm not buying the Chelsea hype at this point. Like they will be better. Um, Pochettino will make a difference, but it's it's quite an overhaul there this pre-season. Let's remember they were eight places and thirty points behind Newcastle last season, and suddenly. The books are expecting them to be back in the top four race this season. And I'm not buying it yet. I I, I want to see a bit more of Chelsea before I'm convinced that, that they're back. They, they need to demonstrate that first. Um, so, yeah, for me, Newcastle, you're not getting far off even money for Newcastle to finish above Chelsea. It's a £30 point turnover from last season. It's massive. Uh, so I do like that. Uh, that would be the, the pick that, that stood out from, from me. Um, I was just having a little look at the goal scorer markets, Malcolm, as well. Top Newcastle scorer. You got any thoughts on that, Mark? Well, this is the one I've just looked at live, Baz, because like I said, we recorded this a few days ago. We're, this is Wednesday, 2nd of August here. And when we recorded that, well, Pete, the lines weren't up uh, for goal scorers. So just as I was listening to, to, to Pete's chat there, I was having a look. And it, it's obviously a match between... Isaac and Wilson. It's eight to thirteen. Isaac six to four. Wilson, and I think you have to take the six to four. Wilson. Um, I think they both will score goals, but in what competitions and in what order? Um, I don't think there's going to be much between them. I would take whichever one was the bigger price because I think either one could win. If the prices were the other way around, I'd take Isaac. So I'm not saying Wilson's going to score more, but at the prices, I don't think there's anything in it. I mean, you could easily see Isaac being rolled out every Champions League game. And Wilson starting on a weekend. Um, Isaac could possibly play a little bit wider as well. And what we've seen with Callum Wilson is he score goals in clutches or he scores goals in clutches. He had that mad run at the end of last year. He'd get himself on penalties. Even little things like we're going to get around 105 minute games here, Baz. Uh, all the injury time and stuff. Callum Wilson can get himself 30, 35 minutes off the bench. And Newcastle were capable of battering teams 
Newcastle get two or three goals late doors will go from 3-0 to 6-0 and Wilson can chip in with them at the end of the year it, look, it looks great value I would have them heads and tails like 10 to 11 each or two so at 6-4 I, I would take Wilson yeah, I agree. I think you've got to take the biggest price of the two. Not no one else fancy a big bigger prices. No, Are we going down the list? Harvey well, Barnes, he scored thirteen last year for a side who were relegated. Yeah. Um, the only concern there for me is I'm not sure he'll start the season. I think how will take time to to get a yeah. new start lineup. As we said, um, that's the goes, pattern of playing it. Yeah, that's the pattern yeah, of what they've done. If if he was if he was in from the start. Harvey Barnes, you wouldn't. I wouldn't back against him getting double figures again. And you know, Isaac, Isaac got Isaac got ten last season. Um, obviously, he had a lot of bit time out injured and, and time coming in off the bench. But yeah, bigger prices. Barnes ten to one. Gordon twenty eight to one. He's had a good preseason. Uh, good under twenty ones. Twenty eight to one for a little bit of a long shot because you never know. You know, injuries to your strikers, and suddenly Gordon could be thrown in up top, couldn't he? Um, I mean, I wouldn't. If, I, if, I, if you put any money on anyone except, I wouldn't pick Almiron because I think that little purple patch, as great as it was, it's not going to last forever. And his playing time is going to be, he's going to have fewer minutes this year in yeah. the amount of competition. But if you wanted to back Isaac, Wilson, Barnes, Joe Linton, if you wanted to back Joe Linton, I'm fine. Or Gordon, I'd have no issue with any of them. Like even The fact that our list has got 10 people on it. Uh, we recorded a Crystal Palace show a little while ago. Uh, there was five people on that list, and I think four or three of them had scored two goals last year. <laughs> like you could, you could easily. We've got like Sir Joe Willick, Sandro Tonali on the list, Bruno, see, and then all the proper ones: Gordon, uh, Joe Linton. So I mean, I mean, Joe Linton could chip in with easily double figures, 12, 13, 40. I'm going to, um, I'm going to chuck out Anthony Gordon, twenty-eight to one, Malcolm. There you go, top Newcastle. Good, that, he's the best thing about that is of injuries, a couple of injuries from strikers, and Gordon could be playing up through the, through the middle. And you never know. There Absolutely, yeah, he's, he's looked really, really sharp. Um, he said himself he wasn't Eddie Howe fit. Um, he's, yeah, he's looked really good. That will really annoy Simmers as well. Uh, so that makes it uh, worth 110 pence in the pound. Uh, my picks, so I, first off, I had top four finish. I cannot see why we just don't improve. I can only see upside. Um, a lot of these players are just getting started. Um, and bear in mind, we had quite a slow start last year and then a bit of a wobbly middle. Um We've added nothing but quality to that. So I think the top four finish is brilliant. 13 to 8 plus 167. Um, I'm going to give the forecast out. I don't think we'll catch Man City bats, but I think we'll finish second to them. I've got us finish second. Manchester City to win the league with Newcastle in second is 10 to 1. Um, and if you anyone who's listened to this show before even once would know I'm going to give out Newcastle to finish above Man United. Uh, at 11 to 8. So it looks like Malcolm's just lost his connection there. Oh, we're just, back. Just, oh, dear. Just, he's back. Uh, just as he Do you know what? That'll be the, that's the Man United bloody police, that, isn't it? Taking yeah, us down because I've said that shite. Uh, yeah. Just to repeat, Man United is shite. Rashford's shite. Uh, the Morrison's butcher shite. Um, all the new signings are shite. So Newcastle to finish above them at 11 to 8 is an unbelievably good price. Uh, we've got a better manager, we've got a better team, and we've got a whole load more upside. Um, and I think, Baz, that's me covered for bets. Good stuff. Yeah, that was Are you great. done? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, as you say, we, we covered all our fantasy football stuff, so we've done it in a slightly different order. Um, but yeah, that was good. If anyone is listening and enjoyed it, make sure you give the thumbs up on YouTube. Like, rate, review on Spotify, Apple. Follow us on Twitter at SGPN. 
Premier. And uh, yeah, let's keep it going throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you found us now, you'll find us. And like I said, loads of stuff going on all season. Um, always a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but we give some picks. Sometimes we do great, and other times we don't. Um, but yeah, it's good fun, whichever way. And um, thanks, everyone, who has joined us. Thank you very much to Pete as well. Uh, huge fan, the bloke's an absolute uh, legend. So um, good luck with all your Newcastle picks. Um, if you are a Newcastle fan, here's hoping we have a fantastic season. Uh, lots of fun and games to be had. Until next time, we will see you down the road. Cheers. 